But I think ultimately the better thing for me as an individual is to feel like, hey, if I'm in a shitty situation, I think I'm going to feel the best if I feel like I have the means and the power to change my situation. Welcome back to Jimbo Radio. I'm Jimbo, and these are random topics of interest. For episode 13, this is going to be a response to a couple friends of mine in a chat group that we have going, and kind of a, a ongoing discussion and argument over capitalism. And more so, what does it mean to be anti-capitalist? This is one area where I've changed my mind in the last maybe seven to eight years. I used to be pretty militant against capitalism, so I definitely relate with the sentiments. But at least for me, I was primarily anti-capitalist because I was ignorant of what capitalism actually was. And I can get into that a little bit more once I start defining some different terms. I'm using one of my buddy's voice memos There's several different clips. One section is a little out of context from his original statement, but I think it'll work in the flow of this recording. And for my friends who inspired my ideas and thoughts on this episode, I'm not just challenging you guys, I'm also challenging myself to figure this stuff out, so I hope it doesn't come off as me lecturing at you or assuming that I know important information that you guys don't know. I mean, everyone thinks that their values are the best values, and everybody thinks that their interests are the best interests. So, of course, you know, I do think my ideas are better than yours, because if I thought yours ideas were better than mine, I would just take your ideas, and then we would agree. You get the point. All in love. Enjoy. And as far as taxes go, I think the general consensus would be that more taxes is more socialist and less taxes is more capitalist. Generally, that that makes sense. If people are having a lot of their wealth and income taxed, then that's taking away that's taking away their ability to do some of the things mentioned in the definition of capitalism. For instance, accumulate wealth. But at what tax rate does a country become socialist or capitalist? I don't think there's going to be any answers for that either. And now for my buddy Luis, start us off. It is often presented as like capitalism and communism as like the opposites. These are two opposite economic systems. Is that true? Like against capitalism, like what does that mean? Does that mean that I'm against people having money? That the whole world is like a huge commune. If you could just better define what you mean by anti-capitalist. I'm going to start off with defining capitalism. This is from Wikipedia. Capitalism is an economic system based on the private ownership of the means of production and their operation for profits. Central characteristics of capitalism include capital accumulation, competitive markets, price system, private property, property rights, voluntary exchange, and wage labor. So if we were to ask 
any person that that has a problem with capitalism, what their problem is or what they're actually against, I think you're going to get varying responses. You're going to definitely know there's people out there that don't believe in private property. People don't like competitive markets. I'm not suggesting that capitalism is the perfect system. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It's kind of like that cliche about democracy. It's the worst form of government except for all the other ones. Well, capitalism is the worst economic system except for all the other ones. And this is why you don't find any strict capitalist economies. You don't find any strict socialist economies. We're, we're living in a world of mixed economies, and you have varying forms of these mixed economies. So I guess what the real conversation is, if we're going to get deep into it, it's what type of mixed economy do people want? Do they want a economy that's more leaning towards free markets? Do they want an economy that's more leaning towards social systems? And that's, that's probably the real conversation to have. Even if I am anti-capitalist, I am not going to get rid of the capitalist system. It is here to stay. Uh, there are many, 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 many people who are invested in keeping capitalism around, and those people have more means, more money, more power uh, to make sure that that indeed does happen. Uh, short of some global catastrophic event, um, and the term catastrophic now is a lot deeper because, uh, you know, having gone through a pandemic, that didn't really shake the system up too much. So it's got to be way more catastrophic than that. So short of some catastrophic event, capitalism isn't going anywhere. Thinking of being anti-capitalist feels like a moot point. If you think of before capitalism, what type of system do you have? You have dictators, you have monarchs, kings, lords, you have systems of slavery. At least dating back to the start of recorded history, you have people in power that are trying to generate and keep their wealth and power. I don't think it's fair to blame or to put capitalism as the cause for this. I think you're going to have the same problem with any system. Look at China. Look at the Soviet Union. Look at any of these other socialist countries and you typically see who is running the country who is in power who has all the wealth i think the better idea would be to going back to the mixed economies to find ways to balance the system out so that it it does provide for more people thomas piketty french economist and best-selling author of a brief history of equality his main idea is to have a extremely progressive tax at the higher the highest levels on property tax and inheritance tax. And then according to his model, you would have a system that looks a lot more equal in a relatively short amount of time. So if you're interested in this graph you'll have to look for the link in the show notes. Now, this is only one model, and I know what any capitalists are going to say, what, 90% tax rate? That is not capitalist at all. I would 
may or may not agree with a 90% tax rate on the 0.1%. But I would be willing to look and see at the data and look and see at what the outcomes were before I completely condemned it either way. If the 90% rate is only being applied to the 0.1%, how much is that actually inhibiting the people in general? Now, rich people are going to do whatever they can to keep their money. So there could be unintended consequences for such high tax rates. And that may be at least one reason why we don't typically see such high tax rates, even in Western Europe and other social democracies. But within our system, there are ways to tax and set up systems that that people would consider more fair. The problem is going to come back to Luis's idea that I agree with, is that the people in power have the largest incentive to fight this, this let's say, progressive tax. If, if the 0.1 percentile are going to be taxed at 90% of their wealth, then it's worth it for them to spend billions of dollars to fight that because 90% of their wealth is, I mean, there's people that it's hundreds of billions of dollars. It's tens of billions of dollars. The amount and the incentive that they have, I think is the real problem because they have the wealth, because they have the power and because they have the incentive, that's, that's the dangerous part. And for people without the wealth and without the power, there is a serious problem as well. They do not have the time and energy to spend pursuing their political interests for many different reasons. Education could be part of it. They may be struggling to just get by. I mean, there's so, there's so many issues, stresses of being poor, all of these things. So the people at the bottom, the people without the wealth, Unfortunately, they just they don't have the means to take advantage of the political system. But I think if we want to solve that problem, that is a a government problem and not necessarily an economic problem. For someone to say that they are anti-capitalist because of the inequalities to me seems like the mute point. If you look at the data available for wealth over the last hundreds of years, couple thousand years, you do see that inequality was decreasing until the last few decades. And I think the reason we've had a shift where the rich are getting a lot richer has nothing directly to do with capitalism as, as a system, because governments, at least in the West, have been getting more and more socialistic. There's more and more regulations. There's more and more social welfare, at least the last 100 years. The thing that we saw in the last few decades is technology and the innovation. And who are all the richest people in the world? They are innovators and they're directly involved in technology. Without a capitalist system, what's their incentive to make a computer? What's their incentive to make a smartphone? What's their incentive to create an Amazon where without even leaving your house, you can order every single thing you possibly need. And by the way, you're going to get the cheapest price. The anti-capitalists are really ignoring how much poor people, how much everyone benefits 
from having a smartphone in their pocket that costs $100. People like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and Bezos, they got rich because people valued their products. If they didn't make a product that people wanted to buy, they wouldn't have gotten rich. So I think one needs to acknowledge and at least reflect on how many people benefit from someone getting super rich. And the problem with the more and more socialist a system gets, an economic system gets, is who's deciding what the prices are? Who's deciding who gets what? And who decides who decides? The solution to these problems have to do with the way government is structured. And the basic idea, the basic principle for the economic system, in my opinion, is when in doubt, let people decide for themselves. When in doubt, let markets decide the prices. Bill Gates saying like, hey, I'm giving my money back and I'm giving my money back in these areas. It's like, gosh, I wish I had so much money that I didn't know what to do with that I decided to wake up one day and just think to myself, huh, here's this thing that I've never had to worry about, but I am deciding that I'm going to dedicate my money to this thing, um, and that makes me a better person. That's going to make me feel good about whatever, however I'm generating um, my wealth. So I get to decide where the money goes. Billionaires deciding where the money goes. It's like, what if the thing that affects me uh, being in poverty or, or whatever just never crosses their mind? Then I guess I'm never getting this relief from these billionaire wonderful people. I would agree that it's a little bit ironic that Bill Gates, at least the last time I checked, since he said he was going to give all his money away, his wealth increased. And I hope this doesn't come off too harsh, but anyone in the U.S. or in the West that is making $59,000 as an individual would be in the 91 percentile globally. We also in the West, in, in the U.S., are a little bit like the billionaires as far as how much wealth we have compared to the real poor people globally. And how different is it for us to say what should happen and what should be done in order to help them? If Bill Gates can't have an opinion about helping poor people, then I'm not so confident that we should have an opinion either. With that said, I think everyone should have an opinion and those opinions should be analyzed and criticized and examined based on their logic. A political system should exist that allows me to advocate for the things that I want to advocate for. Like, hey, this thing in my neighborhood and my community is fucked up. Like, let me band together and do some shit and and change my situation, you know, through political power. And that, I think, is a much better approach, like a more humanist approach. But I think ultimately the better thing for me as an individual is to feel like, hey, if I'm in a shitty situation, I think I'm going to feel the best if I feel like I have the means and the power to change my situation. Like, I think that's the most human approach. And this is the part where I'm taking 
Luis's words a bit out of context from the original content. But if we focus on what he is suggesting, he's no longer talking about an economic system. He's talking about a political system. And in this case, I 100% agree. And the problem, at least in the U.S., us being Americans, is the U.S. Constitution is very difficult to change. And I think that is both a good thing and a bad thing. It's unfortunate because progress does take a long time and you need to get public opinion in order for things to easily pass. The flip side of that is if the U.S. Constitution was easy to change, pick your president. Whatever president, pick your news source. Every time there's an election, you hear that the opposite candidate is going to ruin America. If that was true, this country could never survive 250 plus years. The fact that the Constitution is difficult to change was intentional by the Founding Fathers, and I'm starting to see it as more and more of a positive for the context of a country having a long life with a stable government. But I do not want to start talking politics. All right, closing thoughts. So, unfortunately, Luis does not get to offer any rebuttals. So to be upset with the current situation is extremely valid. To have opinions and values about equality, also very valid. I think when the anti-capitalist breaks down what they're upset about, breaks down what they are actually against, I think there's going to be a lot of common ground, at least with anyone who's not extreme. A lot of the anti-capitalists will never agree with anyone that's that's right-wing, libertarian types, but that's probably okay because those two ideas are, are the, the polar opposites. If you want to have a rational conversation with someone, I think you will agree that people do want to decide where they work. People do want to decide where they spend their money. People do want to have the option to make more money if they're willing to work hard, if they're willing to take a risk. And that was one, one idea I didn't really talk about. Making money is really about taking risk. Now, granted, the people without money don't have the ability to take that risk. But for someone like Jeff Bezos, he took a huge risk. And if you look at the starting of Amazon, I think he was in debt for something like 20 years. Or, But anyways, so he took on a huge risk. It wasn't a guarantee. And the reason he's so rich today is because the risk he took proved to be extremely useful and valuable to people. I think if you are really suggesting to scrap capitalism, then you also have to be willing to scrap a lot of the innovation that comes from people's incentives to make money. And many people might accept and be willing to take on that life or world with less innovation, the life and world without the internet. And that's fine. That's an individual choice if people want to make it. And if we had a system where people could freely move to other countries that had the economic systems that they'd prefer, that'd be pretty cool. You would find that 
certain economic systems were favorable, they would be the countries with the most people. And I think you could make an argument for the U.S. Look at all the people that are willing to risk their lives to make it to the U.S. Now, you might say that they're misinformed about the U.S. That's that's probably at least partially true. But they wouldn't keep coming. One more idea, loose, loosely related. I think if people want to blame some type of historical cause or some historical idea, I think the real bad deal that humans took was the agricultural revolution. I think when the first hunter and gatherers decided that they preferred to raise their own food and animals, I think that was the start of, I guess, the downfall of civilization. I would recommend if anyone can put up with a little bit of propaganda, Milton Friedman made a documentary series from the 80s called Free to Choose. It is very much a propaganda piece, but each episode has these great dialogues of intellectuals. And I think those if you just skip the propaganda part and listen to those dialogues, you could learn a lot and kind of see the value in capitalism. And to be honest, that was probably one of the influences on me that that had me start rethinking my opinions on capitalism. And for my final, final thought, quit hating on capitalism. <laughs>